Sometimes, my dear brothers and sisters, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses the word taqwa in His book, and He intends by it you fearing something. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَاتَّقُوا يَوْمًا تُرْجِعُونَ فِيهِ إِلَى اللَّهِ That fear the day you will return to Allah. Meaning, fear the day you die, and fear the day of judgment. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses the word here, with the, int- with the intended meaning of us fearing something. And sometimes Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, What does this mean? Does it mean fear Allah? In many a translation, we find it translated as fear Allah. But our scholars, rahmatullahi alayhim, say that this refers to not staying away from Allah where you fear Him and you stay away and you lose hope in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you feel that you have no chance of turning back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It doesn't refer to this. Rather, it refers to fearing the punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Thus we learn from this, O servants of Allah and O children of Adam, that if you want to win in terms of taqwa, this Ramadan, grow your fear for the day of judgment. This is from taqwa. And grow your fear regarding the punishments of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. For this is from the acquisition of taqwa as well. And sometimes Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses the word taqwa and He refers to it reverence and revering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَيُحَذِّرُكُمُ اللَّهُ نَفْسَهُ the scholars rahmatullahi alayhim say that this is from the meanings of taqwa and Allah is commanding you to exalt Him, commanding you to glorify Him, commanding you to hold Him in high regard so that whenever you do anything, you have Allah present with you. This is from taqwa as well. And that is why the person who begins their salah and they say, Allahu Akbar, many a time it's translated as Allah is the greatest. And this is one of the meanings. But technically, it refers to Allah is greater. Akbar. Allah is greater. What is Allah greater than? Allah is greater than everything outside of my salah. When I say Allahu Akbar, everything outside of the salah is irrelevant. And Allah is greater than all these things. Allahu Akbar. This, O servants of Allah, and this, O children of Adam, is from the acquisition of taqwa. If only we understood. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala increase our knowledge. Ameen. Ameen. So, bearing in mind these different intended usages in the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it's natural that we have different statements from the pious before us defining taqwa from a legal perspective. So from the definitions we have, that taqwa is an taj'ala baynaka wa bayna adhabillahi wiqaya. To place between yourself and the punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala a barrier. How do you place this barrier? By remaining upon the do's and staying away from the don'ts. By remaining upon the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and staying away from the prohibitions. This is how you erect a barrier between you and the punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this definition was defined by the famous Shafi'i scholar, Al-Hafidh, Ibn Hajar, 
Al-Asqalani Rahmatullahi Alayh in his book known as Fath Al-Bari which is an explanation of the famous hadith book Sahih Al-Bukhari an amazing book an elegant book an eloquent book a book in which the scholar said La Hijrata Ba'd Al-Fath we know that when, when Mecca came under the rule of the Muslims Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said there's no hijrah from today. The best land has been acquired. Thus the scholars through analogy say that if you have this book and read the explanations of the scholar, then there's no need for any other book. It's enough. It suffices. Rahimahullah. May Allah gather us with him in Jannah. Ameen. Ameen. And if we go to the time before this famous scholar, to the time of the sahaba, radiallahu anhum ajma'een, we see Ali radiallahu an, one of the leaders of the Muslims, defined taqwa as al-khawfu min al-jaleel, wal-amalu bil-tanzil, wal-qana'atu bil-qalil, wal-isti'adu liyom al-rahil. Allahu akbar. Allahu akbar. He says radiallahu an that taqwa is fearing the majestic, meaning Allah subhanahu wa taala, and taqwa is acting upon revelation following the Qur'an and the Sunnah. And taqwa is being satisfied with a little, being a person of contentment. This is from taqwa. And taqwa is preparing yourself for the day when you return back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What an amazing definition of taqwa. In fact, in another explanation of taqwa, Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu an, the leader of the Muslims, he turns to Ubay ibn Ka'b, and he asks him, Oh Ubay, what is taqwa? What is your understanding of taqwa? Subhanallah, and look how the sahaba were interested in understanding taqwa, in making sure that they were doing that which made them from the people of taqwa. Even though he's the head of the Muslims, he wasn't shy. He asked someone who was below him in rank, right? In terms of structure. He turned to him because he had knowledge that he didn't have. So Ubay ibn Ka'ab answered and said, O commander of the faithful, have you ever walked a thorny path? So Umar said, yes, I have. So Ubay said, what did you do when you walked that path? So Umar said, I rolled up my garments up to my shins so I could see the ground and see my feet. And I would put one foot forward and another back out of fear of being pricked by a thorn. Allahu Akbar. Right? This is Umar. He's taking precautions and taking the means. So Ubay said, O commander of the faithful, that is taqwa. He said, that is taqwa. Because taqwa is rolling up one's garments to work in obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to watch out for halal and haram, and to be cautious not to commit errors out of fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Amazing. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us an understanding. And it's perhaps from this story that the famous poet Ibn al-Mu'taz said, خَلِّ الذُّنُوبَ صَغِيرَهَا وَكَبِيرَهَا ذَاكَ التُّقَى وَاصْنَعْ كَمَاشٍ فَوْقَ أَرْضِ الشَّوْكِ يَحْذُرُ مَا يَرَى لَا تَحْقِرَنَّ صَغِيرَةً إِنَّ الْجِبَالَ مِنَ الْحَصَى The famous poet said, Shun all sins, be they small or large, for that is taqwa. And be like the one walking on a thorny path, 
wary of what he sees and do not make light of small sins because mountains are made out of many pebbles what valuable advice may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive our sins and grant us jannah ameen in another definition of servants of allah ibn al-qayyim rahmatullahi alayhim says and ibn al-qayyim has a, an important book dealing with purification of the soul and he has an entire chapter in this particular book pertaining to at-taqwa and in fact his entire book is an explanation of one ayah in surah al-fatiha iyyaka na'bud wa iyyaka nasta'in he's explaining this ayah in an entire volume in some publications two volumes and he has an entire chapter dedicated towards at-taqwa and he says rahmatullahi alayhi that taqwa is to act in the obedience of Allah out of faith and desire for reward in respect to both commands and prohibitions so when you do something you do it because you believe in Allah and you do it expecting Allah to reward you and when you leave something you leave it because Allah warned you against it and you leave it expecting rewards from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala this is taqwa and that is why Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said man qama ramadan imanan wa ihtisaban ghufira lahu ma taqaddama min dhanbi wa man sama ramadan imanan wa ihtisaban ghufira lahu ma taqaddama min dhanbi he said sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that the one who stands the night of ramadan and fasts the day of ramadan because he knows Allah has commanded him to do it and he believes in Allah and he does it whilst expecting Allah to reward him subhanallah with the condition that he is he believes that Allah will reward him rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam said ghufira lahu ma taqaddama min dhanbi that his previous sins will be forgiven let me qualify my statement brothers and sisters our scholars rahmatullahi alaihim say that when this hadith talks about previous sins being forgiven it's referring to the minor sins as for the major sins the condition of those sins being forgiven is a process known as at-tawbah and at-tawbah or seeking repentance comes with its pillars and conditions may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us all ameen ameen and perhaps this definition of ibn al-qayyim is derived from the statement of Talq ibn Habib. For he said that when tribulation falls or befalls you, and perhaps write this with golden ink. Anyone with a gold pen here? I'm just exaggerating. Right? Pay attention. Talq ibn Habib says that when tribulation befalls you, extinguish it with taqwa. Allahu Akbar. Look how powerful these words are. So they asked him, what is taqwa? And he said, التقوى أن تعمل بطاعة الله على نور من الله ترجو ثواب الله وأن تترك معصية الله على نور من الله تخاف عذاب الله He said that taqwa is to act in obedience to Allah on a light from Allah hoping for Allah's reward and to leave disobedience of Allah on a light from Allah fearing the punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so my dear brothers and sisters, if we analyze these different definitions and different usages of the word taqwa in the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we can say that taqwa refers to a few things. Number one, 
Tawheed and everything that leads towards strengthening Tawheed and it refers to leaving shirk and all those processes that protect you from falling into shirk. This is taqwa. And we can say that taqwa also refers to leaving all that which will cause you to be punished in the hellfire. Even for a short moment of time. Everything you do to protect yourself from falling into the hellfire, may Allah protect us all, is a means of acquiring taqwa. When you seek repentance, this is from acquiring taqwa. When you practice good deeds, this is from acquiring taqwa. When you charitable, this is from acquiring taqwa. When you revive the sunnah, this is from acquiring taqwa. And when you leave bid'ah, this is from acquiring taqwa. All these processes that you will do consciously understand, it has a correlation, a link, a relationship with the acquisition of taqwa. May Allah make us from the muttaqun. Amin. The third meaning of taqwa, and this is a subtle meaning that we can derive from everything we've said, is that taqwa also refers towards shunning those matters, those matters which may be halal and permissible, but if we engage in them, it will slow us down from acquiring a greater peace of the hereafter. This is from taqwa as well. Right? This is from taqwa. And sometimes we know, we engage in something permissible, and then we become desensitized. And as we become desensitized, we start practicing that which is disliked. Until we become further desensitized. And then, when we become further desensitized, and the iman goes lower, what happens? We end up doing haram. May Allah protect us all. So taqwa refers to leaving halal. If you fear, it will slow you down with regards to your progress to the hereafter. Right? For example, you might like a certain food. It's permissible for you to eat. But eating that food will prevent you from waking up for tahajjud, for example. So you leave it for the sake of standing up for tahajjud. Right? We know some people, they eat rice, for example. What happens? Sugar spikes. Everybody's feeling tired. And we have the most beautiful of sleeps. Right? If we don't wake up for tahajjud, we might even miss fajr. Allahul musta'an. Right? So if you leave it with the noble intention of not retrogressing in your progress of getting to the hereafter, this is from taqwa. And on a side note, I've received many questions about the World Cup. Can we watch the World Cup final or semi-final? Well, what's the problem? What is going to be in Ramadan? I think we've answered that question. Right? I think we've answered that question. Right? You're achieving taqwa. The objective of Ramadan is to achieve a taqwa. And this is amazing, O servants of Allah. Wallahi, if we look at our sharia, it's absolutely amazing. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commands us towards taqwa, and He doesn't leave us at that. He commands us towards doing that which helps us achieve taqwa. Amazing. Allah looks after us from result as well as process. And this is manifest in the sharia. If you look at salah, Allah commands us towards staying away from fahsha and munkar. Right? Towards staying away from that which is disliked by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that which is immoral. Allah commands us towards staying away from this. And He commands us towards salah as well. Because He said, That salah puts an end towards you falling into fahsha and munkar. 
May Allah protect us all. But somebody might say, well, you know what? How come we find people fasting the month of Ramadan and on Eid day, they're driving around like maniacs with, the, with their radios on full volume, music's pumping out the windows and flags sticking out the window and driving up and down our streets. How come? You say fasting brings taqwa. They fasted. Where's the taqwa on the day of Eid? And that's a good question, by the way. And in answer to that, brothers and sisters, the problem is not in fasting the month of Ramadan. The problem is not in the instruction of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The problem is in the one who fasted. For that person who fasted, fasted with their bodies, and they didn't fast with their heart, they didn't fast with their soul, they didn't fast with their mind, they didn't fast with their nafs. Their bodies fasted. And that is why Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that the one who doesn't leave forged speech and practicing it and ignorance, then Allah is not in need of you leaving your food and drink and so on and so forth during the period of fasting. Which means fasting is not just the fasting of the bodies. When you fast this Ramadan, have an acute attention to the fasting of your entire self. That when your body starts fasting, your heart starts fasting as well. And when your body starts fasting, your soul starts fasting as well. And when your body starts fasting, your mind starts fasting as well. Thus we fast holistically with our complete self. And inshallah, if we do this for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we will find taqwa coming into our lives. Some people ask, how do I know if I am from the people of taqwa after Ramadan? And that's a very good question as well. And in answer, to that question, uh, in answer to that question, we say that if you find that after Ramadan, there were certain sins that I couldn't leave or were beloved to me before Ramadan, and now I am against these sins, that is from the signs of taqwa being present in you. But if you find yourself still inclined towards those sins in the same way, then we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's forgiveness. Brothers and sisters, I've just been given a red card. They told me my time is up. I thought I'll get a yellow before the red, but it didn't happen. Before I end, brothers and sisters, what I'm going to say is, we're in World Cup fever at the moment, and there's the Olympics that finished. But what's a great lesson from these sporting events that we can derive to make ourselves better is how well the athletes train before they start the event. They train. The Olympian is running for four years before he runs that one marathon. The footballers are training. In fact, when the football season is over, they are, they're from a European country. What are they doing? Going to more humid climates. Why? Because the World Cup is in Brazil. We need our bodies to climatize. We're not used towards running in these temperatures, in these conditions and these environments. Our bodies will tire. And... Brother Evan said many of you were watching the World Cup last night. So I'm sure you saw all the cramps that... No, let's not, let's not say anything there. But what we're saying is the bodies need to climatize. Money is spent sending players abroad so that their bodies climatize. Right? Let's learn from this, brothers and sisters. Prepare for Ramadan from now. Prepare for Ramadan from now. 
If you want to be a diligent faster in the month of Ramadan, start fasting now. If you want to be diligent with tahajjud in Ramadan, start tahajjud now. If you want to be diligent with Salatul Duha, start Salatul Duha now. Train for Ramadan. Don't be deceived by shaitan before he's locked up that don't worry, you have time. When Ramadan starts, you, you acclimatize. You will, but after 10 days and after a third of Ramadan, he's gone. Don't lose Ramadan, O servants of Allah. Respect it. It's a gift from Allah and respect it by preparing for it. When you value a guest that visits you, you prepare for that guest. You make sure the room is proper and you make sure the transport is arranged and you do everything to make their stay comfortable. We will receive in a few days' time the greatest guest that we can receive. And that is the guest of Ramadan. Let us train from now, let us prepare from now, and let us be diligent, O servants of Allah and O children of Adam. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us life to witness another Ramadan. Ameen. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us diligent before Ramadan and during Ramadan. Ameen. And I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to protect us from the curse of Jibreel alayhi salam in which Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said ameen to when he said curse be upon the person who witnesses Ramadan and Ramadan leaves them without them being forgiven. I ask Allah to protect us from the dua of Jibreel alayhi salam, ameen. Everything correct said, my dear brothers and sisters is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he's perfect. Any mistakes are from myself and shaitan and I seek Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's forgiveness. I love you all for the sake of Allah. I thank you for your attentiveness and giving me the opportunity. And I remind you before walking off towards sincerity. By Allah, make sure that you are here for the sake of Allah. You are here for the sake of Allah. Make sure that you're not here because your friends are here. And make sure that you're not here because a specific speaker is here. By Allah, you are here for the sake of Allah, for to worship Allah. Don't even say that you're here to learn. Say that I am here to worship Allah through the process of learning. Live your life for Allah. Do something for Allah. Leave something for Allah. For wallahi, nothing matters besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Jazakumullahu khayran. Hadha wallahu a'lam. Wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Just whilst Brother Evans is walking on, as a director of Mercy Mission, I want to express how proud I am of the teams. Barakallahu feekum, everybody. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward you. Wallahi, I have no words seeing your application and dedication over the months to our members, to uh, those that report to them, to the volunteers, to the extended volunteers. I have nothing more to say except that your rewards are with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make your moments arranging this conference a means of your Ramadan being accepted, inshallah. Ameen. Assalamu alaikum wa